0: Yo, what's up? It's your man Sean Weatherspoon, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, and you're listening to the Cast. Now you need a hobby, like golf or something.
1: This show is terrible. going Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up
0: this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. Now
2: Cook's gonna throw the deep ball, and first
1: 7 yards. Sharp to place kick is up. It is Yes! A wide open for 61? Harrison Meadows.
2: This is the Mozart card. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, Dumb Dumbs? Well, we come to you several days after Missouri's loss to LSU, their first loss of the season, 49-39 to at home. Colin, this game, if you'd have told us at the beginning of the season we were losing to LSU, we'd have said, yeah, yeah, sure, that's what happens when we play LSU. That's That's what's going to go down. We've got that in the books as an L. Yet the way the season has unfolded thus far, it hurts in a way that I would not have expected. And I think, Colin, it's, for me, the reason this game hurts is not just because it mars our record and maybe prevents us from having the kind of special season that was possible, but it's just that this we were the better team. We It was a winnable game, and we gave it away. It felt like we just handed the victory to LSU, not as severely as we did Auburn, a year ago, but this was a game we should have won.
3: How many times have we done this, Brennan, where we start the season going, This unit of our team is going to be our strength, and this unit of our team, boy, we're just not sure about it. You can just the units are interchangeable either we think the offense is going to be good and the defense is going to suck, or vice versa, and the exact opposite happens. And this is what's happened this season again, it happens every time we, we go into the season thinking, Hey, we've got a great defense. You know, I said bordering on elite, you know, I was hoping that. Our defense was going to make us, what was going to make us formidable in the SEC, and instead, Brady Cook and the offense becomes a scoring juggernaut, and the defense just continuously shits the bed. And this was their worst game. Oh, we were so bad up the middle. You know the 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 D tackles, the linebackers, nobody could stop anything. The the, the LSU offensive line had their absolute way with us. And I after rewatching it. Tyron Hopper had a terrible game. You know, missed tackle after missed tackle. He had an opportunity to knock in a ball. I saw that ended up being a touchdown. And like, he had a shit game, and he was our best defensive player. I mean, the defense just start to finish played like garbage.
2: Got Johnny Walker spitting on an official, apparently, or something of that nature, getting kicked out. Of the I game. don't
3: know. But it's, it's so frustrating that, you know, we have all this perceived talent on defense. And this is the best. And granted, LSU – is the best offense we've seen. Yeah. You know, I yeah. didn't expect us to hold them to no points. But I didn't expect us to be tissue paper. You know, it was so frustrating.
2: Yeah, they nearly and, put up a 50 burger on us. And the fact it remains, Colin, as bad as this defense was, we could have still won the game despite how poorly our defense played and how they just opened up lanes for Jaden Daniels to just run rough shot over Furrow Field the mistakes and the penalties and the things that we have talked about all year that even during good games, we were like, boy, that was a great game. We sure had a lot of penalties, you know, "Oh, that was a great game. We sure did a lot of weird clock management Mm -hmm. stuff or boy, that was a great game. Sure. was a lot of play calling weirdness going on. All of those things. And defensive
3: bundles. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't the first game. The defense has been suddenly bad. Like the defense has sort of been like, Boy, the defense sure didn't look very good, but oh, you know, I'm sure they'll be fine. It sort of, and this was the game. Where I was like, no, this isn't fine. You know, the, the the previous games, our defensive performance wasn't a symptom; it was the fucking disease.
2: The the reality too of this game was it was a tale of two halves kind of game. I mean, in the first half, we looked, dare I say, dominant. I mean, Brady Cook and company looked absolutely like. You talk about our defense looking bad. LSU was pulling their fucking hair out. Mizzou could do yep. whatever they wanted to on offense. Brady Cook's first interception to me, it felt like a little bit like his carriage turned back into a pumpkin because I don't know if he lost confidence or what. But after that interception, which was he was a different football player, he was a different guy, and I mean that was a that hurt enough because we had so much wind in our ba- in our sails. Yeah. Twenty two to ten, yeah. marching down the field to put our foot
3: on their neck.
2: Yeah. And it was an interception where it wasn't just like a tip ball or something. It was, you look back at him and you're like, what the fuck were you doing, man? Why did you throw that ball? <laughs> throw that ball it there. was a, you know, Brady cook has not thrown interceptions. I mean, famously he set an sec record for not throwing interception. He threw two in this game and the two, he saved up his interceptions for some mighty good ones because they were <laughs> yeah. bad interceptions and they were both backbreakers in a way. And, and that doesn't get even get into the, the, fumble and just call it the end of the game where you have a chance again to march down the field and actually win the thing, put it away. And what is it? Second and one. And it turns into like third and 32. How many mm-hmm. times this year have we been in a final, like a final drive scenario? You've said it before. It was like, that was the worst final drive you'd ever seen. I don't know if this tops it, but like, what is it about an Eli Drinkwood's team that goes backwards when we need to score the most?
3: Well, I think, you know, part of what I think is obviously the play calling is not great, but the, I, I, our offensive line doesn't seem to be able to impose its will. And I was, I was thinking the first half made me think I was going to have to eat those words because they, we were running and the offensive line was holding up. They didn't hold up in the second half. And I think what happens in these two minute drills is as soon as you put Mizzou in a situation where they become predictable, then we don't have what it takes to, like I said, impose our will. You know, if you get in this two minute drill and they know you're going to throw the ball, like I don't even, the second interception at the end of the game was a backbreaker. Yes. It was a next to impossible task. like 45 seconds yeah. to go down the field, with no timeouts. And so I know you blame him there. I mean, he, everybody knows he's going to throw, he's throwing out of the back of the end zone. He knows he's you know the, the clock is ticking. He's going to, you know, can't get sacked for a safety. You know, like I just, I don't know if anybody.
2: Um, yeah. The, yeah the, 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 right. Everything's stacked against him there.
3: You know the fumble. I'll say this: the fumble was a was a, he got a blindside sack. Yeah, and he never feels pressure, Colin.
2: He never feels pressure. You that.
3: No. like I said, Brady Cook has had a phenomenal season, like a dream. I can't believe Brady Cook is having this season. I mean, he is played phenomenal, but he there he is not a perfect quarterback, not even close. And he doesn't feel pressure very good. And when he is a little bit skittish. You know, a little bit fainting goat. He feels pressure that's not there. You can see his internal clock speed up. And I don't know if that's a product of, I don't think that's a product of talent. Maybe it's his experience. Of course, at this point, he should have all the experience he needs, but it it was not his best game. And I thought it might be. Brady Cook's going to throw for 5,000 yards and uh, 25 touchdowns in this game. And like you said, it's a tale of two halves. I feel like, I felt that especially for our offense. You know, the offensive line, Looked bad in the second half. Brady Cook, I wouldn't say he looked bad, but he didn't look good. The only real consistent thing in this game was the defense was going to play badly. Yeah, you know the uh, two of the LSU touchdowns. You know, defensive backs were just not where they were supposed to be. You know, on, on one of them in particular, the cornerback and the safety both followed one guy and let the other guy just run free. This is our this is our calling card, our defense. These guys don't know where the fuck they're supposed to be at. Our defensive line can't even sniff somebody except for Johnny Walker Jr. And apparently he's hawking loogies in people's faces. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck happened. Yeah. I, it's, it's like, I want to strangle Blake Baker right now. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Where's it at? I mean, they don't even seem to blitz as much as they used to. They, 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 they're, God, they just love jump, dropping into this soft fucking zone, this soft fucking zone all goddamn season and just letting quarterbacks pick them apart and like, A a quarterback like Daniels is good enough that he he's going to hurt you. You know you can't you can contain him, but you can't stop him. And then you drop this goddamn soft zone where you just let people pick you apart. Because the fact is, is that we play the soft zone and there's huge bubbles, so people are wide fucking open. And then our secondary doesn't even so know where to fucking be half the time. As you can see, I'm. Getting a little bit frustrated.
2: And this is days um, after the, the game. I'm, running, so
3: I'm literally watching the game on a loop as we do this. So I'm watching this shit happen, and I want to scream
2: at the television. This one hurt in a way that I wouldn't have expected to, like I said. but Because we should have won. That's yeah. why
3: it hurts. We should have won. We had, them, we had them down. We were marching the field to really put our foot on their neck. We throw an interception. And in the second half, the defense continues to do what they were doing, and that stopped no one. Except the offense quits, and like I said, Brady Cook kind of turns back into a pumpkin a little bit. And uh, you know he was riding a tremendous wave of confidence, I'm sure. But it man, it, that that one interception seemed to pop the bubble. Yeah. Suddenly he was very human. Well, and, well, part of that was our offensive line. Fucking second half offensive line was just trash,
2: fucking trash. It's not just the fact that we should have won, Colin, but I mean, I'm scrolling through Twitter as the game's going on in the first half and having a legitimate great time watching Mizzou beat up on LSU. And I'm seeing national football media talking about, hey, is Missouri the best team we're not talking about right now? Is Brady Cook the yeah. best quarterback we're not talking about right now? How about this Missouri team? Is anybody tuning into this Missouri game? And by the end of that game, Missouri was a fucking afterthought. People will have forgotten that they watched the fucking game because we, yeah, we eradicated didn't
3: everything no
2: and we just it dismissed everything good we had done basically you know that this I, was supposed to be the team the
3: score them score a touchdown on a soft fucking zone.
2: <laughs> it happened a, uh, almost a week ago colin come take your take your medicine it's infuriating it's frustrating and it's then very
3: the yeah oh both, god for both teams i mean like i i'll say this for for the people that were claiming that mizzou was getting home cooking i'm just like no they they fucked mizzou and lsu they both tiger teams got a got fucked by obvious penalties that
2: weren't called. Well, I will say if there was a solid string of time where I thought Mizzou has never gotten so many fucking calls in their favor in a row as they have in this game. I mean, and then non-calls too. I mean, there was one time where we absolutely fucking clocked Jaden Daniels in the end zone well after he'd scored and he set out for a play or two hurt. And I thought, Jesus Christ, that was a cheap shot on him in the end zone and we got away with it.
3: Um, well, conversely, there was one play where Brady Cook nearly got his head turned sideways by a face mask penalty, and nothing.
2: That's true enough. True, thought. true enough, and then, but there's plenty of disconcerting signal calls going around that day. Penalty, which no one had ever heard of until Saturday, but apparently, you cannot clap on defense ever, or you're mm. committing some sort of violation. No clapping cheeks on <laughs> on defense. <laughs> no, no clapping cheeks. Sad to say. Here we sit now. We're five and one. We lost to a team we thought we'd lose to, but uh, really, I mean, didn't you go into Should've this week beat. thinking should have Didn't you think going into this week we could we might beat LSU? We just might beat. No, LSU. I still
3: think we're a better team than LSU.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, even with our defensive woes the way they are, if you just don't have blown assignments, which aren't don't have anything to do with you know somebody's physical ability, you know, what I mean, as far as t- talent goes and all that stuff, game planning and all that stuff, it's just. Too many guys made too many mistakes at the end of the day, uh, especially on defense.
2: Colin, in um, my opinion, and I know that I'm maybe on an island in this way because not everybody feels the way I do, but I stand by my initial assessment that Eli Drinkwitz is a stupid coach and he's a bad coach. And I think that we're winning and we're having a better season than I would have expected. He's a great recruiter, but he's a stupid man and he's a bad coach. <laughs> and... I think the things that we're seeing happening, for instance, the penalties, the constant penalties, the penalties that cannot get cleaned up week after week after week after week, the same mistakes. You cannot blame individual players alone for these penalties because it's systematic and it's cumulative and it is a team problem, not an individual problem. These penalties are fucking killing us. And we said at the beginning of the year, We're getting by right now, but eventually this sloppy play, these penalties, this poor clock management, it's going to come back to bite us when we play a good team. And that's exactly what happened this week. And that is the difference where we can get by and we can win with this assembly of talent and this assembly of decent assistant coaches, but we have a stupid coach at the helm and a bad coach at the helm. And he, when it gets into those two minute drills, when it gets down to the decision making time, he's going to be out coached and he's going to make foolish errors. He does it week in and week out, and this week it got us.
3: I told I feel like that might be an ar- overly harsh assessment
2: of Drinkwitz. It's but not I about, about the LSU saying. game. It's not just about the LSU game. It is about his tenure as a coach here. He has not shown himself to be an intelligent individual. I, don't, I just
3: don't feel like going down that road with you, Brennan, Because we're five and one. I know. know I, mean? like, I, I know it. it.
2: I know it. But I, what I'm saying is, when things are close, when, and granted we lost by ten, but that was just you know that pick six changed the dynamic of the score. This was a close game. It could have gone either way in a close game that can go either way. I want the smart coach. I want the good coach. We didn't have that. You know, I want to say that we got really out coached by LSU, but these little things that just cause us to not be a perfect team. It's Eli Drinkwitz's fault. Ultimately.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll concede that if this was a, this, no one's more guilty in this loss than the coaching staff. You know, the, the defense was terrible and like they, they were terrible holistically, which is why I'm going to say that, you know, I'm not going to say this, the players fault more than the coaches. It's both fault. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like the defense has played bad holistically the whole uh, season. And we know how much talent there is on this defense. We've seen it perform. So, you know, that it's probably bad coaching right now. And hopefully that can be corrected. And we've all, You know, scratch their heads with the clock management, with the timeouts and, you know, some of the play calling stuff. But so, I mean, I agree, but I don't know. We're still five and one. You know, like you said, nobody expected us to beat LSU.
2: Yeah, it's Um, not wrecking our season. But I am just saying that when the game is on the line, we're driving down the field. It's second and one and we turn it into third and 32. That's that's (laughs) Coach Dumbfuck's problem, right? That's what he does. That's how his team plays.
3: I just, every time I, the offensive line gets an offsides or or a false start penalty, I'm just like, you know, the snap count. What the fuck are you doing? You know, the snap count. The defense doesn't know the snap count. You, you get to know it though. They tell you that little circle of fucking guys you get in, the little back, the little circle. They tell you what they're going to do in that circle. And then you don't have to jump the snap count because you know the snap count. I want, I want an explanation. You know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you so consistently? Fucking false start.
2: It's not just that; it's a lot of false starts, either. It's like they're like, "This is a huge play, guys. We better start jumping at the line for no reason." In fact, we got away with one that ended up with us scoring a touchdown. I mean, it was a—you saw half the LSU defensive line like pointing because we committed a false start, and only people who didn't see it were the
3: stance and started pointing. It made the (laughs) touchdown a lot
2: easier. (laughs) You, You did, but you know what? They were all right. It was a fucking false start because anytime it's the huge momentous play, we get a fucking false start at the offensive line. You can count on it. Again, you're right. We're five and one. This is not a season wrecker. In any way, we have a lot of potential ahead of us, and we should talk about what this means for the Kentucky game now because Kentucky, in a lot of ways, is in the same boat that we are, except that they didn't just shit the bed against LSU. They lost against Georgia, which, again, everybody expected. Kentucky's going to be a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They have looked decent, pretty good. I don't know what to think about this game I think we can score on Kentucky. I don't know if we can stop Kentucky.
3: My biggest concern right now is Brady Cook. And the reason I say that is because it's, like, it's probably not realistic to think Brady Cook's going to throw for nearly 400 yards every game. But he was doing that. And so it's like, oh, well, here we are. And then the second half against LSU was looked a lot more like the Brady Cook that had me scared at the beginning of the season. And so I think it's going to be vitally important that he rebounds. I think this could be another page in the story of Brady Cook becoming a Mizzou legend is that, you know, after the LSU loss, people didn't know whether, you know, he had it what it took. You know, was it all a mirage? Was it real? And Brady Cook went on and lead the Tigers to a one-loss season and a grip to the playoffs. Or mm-hmm. is this where, like, Mizzou reels off four straight losses?
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah.
3: – This is a – a Another
2: six-and-six so. six season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, like, this is – Yes, this is a painful loss, but this can't derail our season. Brady Cook's got to find whatever he lost in the second half, and as long as he does, we'll be fine. You know, if Blake Baker will grow a pair and start sending blitzers again and quit going this like basically four quarter prevent de- defense, then I would I feel better about it. You know, I think I had said in one of the pre games that or the last episode, like if it was me. You know, it's it's a dangerous game to play. But if I was Blake Baker, I would just fucking throw the kitchen sink at Jane Daniels and tell our corners and our safeties, like, "Hey, you're going to have to you're going to have to cover one on one. We're going to put it on the defensive line and the linebackers to, to blitz and put some pressure on this guy." And that is not what we did. I can tell no. you that.
2: No, it's not. Um, they did not and, use the uh, Colin philosophy.
3: No, they didn't. And listen, it may have burned us too, but this certainly didn't work. This certainly didn't work.
2: No, not when you nearly put a fifty burger up on us. Speaking of Kentucky Colin, they are five and one as I mentioned earlier their're one loss coming at the hands of Georgia. Uh, they have beaten the likes of Florida Vanderbilt, Akron, Eastern Kentucky and Ball State. I mentioned before the Florida game that they have not played anybody you know we did not know what to think about them. I would say the Florida win was still impressive. They won 33 to 14. they dominated the Florida Gators. We know Florida's not a great team. They lost badly to Georgia, fifty-one to thirteen. I, I don't know what that tells you. Either. You know, Georgia's a steamroller; they got steamrolled. They're not a perfect team. They are a beatable team. Yeah, it's on the road. Mizzou should could win this game, and I think because we lost to LSU, it's even that much more important that we do win this game. Because following that up, we're looking at a South Carolina game that looks pretty gettable. And then we have to face number one in the country, Georgia. And then we have to face ranked Tennessee, who put 66 points on us last year. And then we have to face the Florida Gators, who, while not looking good, have a lot of time to get better before we see them. And then we play Arkansas for our free win every year. So we don't have a ton of opportunities after this Kentucky game. We need it. We need it to keep the train on the tracks. I mean, eight wins is the Bar that I've set for what I would find acceptable in an Eli Drinkwood's team in year four, based on what we've been seeing, we only need three more. You know, we're we're close, but we need games like Kentucky.
3: If Missouri wants to be the team it wants to be, it, it has to be able to beat teams like Kentucky and South Carolina year in and year out. Because we don't, you know, Kentucky kind of owns us, you know, and we are we are firmly planted in that sort of middle tier of the SEC East, just milling around. You know, I know that everybody in the media and the SEC East wants to put us with Vanderbilt in the very end, but it's like, no, we're we're right there, square in the middle, sort of living on the edge of the, and we're all in that middle that South Carolina, the Kentucky, the Florida, uh, even though Florida would probably puke at that assessment. But they, the Tim Tebow days are now long gone. Yeah, and
2: aside from the last two years, Tennessee's been in that realm.
3: Yeah, you know, so you're all we're all living in this sort of middle tier. Hoping for that special season, hoping for something uh, to go really right. And if you can't beat Kentucky this weekend, if you can't beat Kentucky with consistency, or South Carolina with any kind of consistency, then you're just going to live in that middle forever. This is that opportunity. I mean, you're 5-1, and one, you lost a tough game at home, but you've got a chance to rebound against a team that has kind of had your number. And is also what five and one. So this is it. I mean, this this is it more than it was against LSU. You know, because LSU was no never a guaranteed victory, and it certainly wasn't something you counted on at the beginning of the season. Right. But Kentucky was a game you circled and said, "This one we can win. This one's this is one we can have." You know, at this point, LSU would have been icing. It would have been a bonus. But this is the game that you that even before we knew what kind of season we're going to have. Was circled on the calendar and said, "We got to win this game if we want to go where we want to go. We got to be able to get past Kentucky." And so here it is, you know, just Mizzou's luck. Kentucky looks pretty good again, you know, and they're basically in the exact same boat we are, you know. And it's just like, God damn it, why do you guys ever fall on your face?
2: (laughs) We know what Mark Stoops' Kentucky teams look like, and they go nine and three every year. You know, they're they're much better than Kentucky historically has been, but not quite good enough to ever win a division or win a championship or anything like that. Missouri is a team that while the last few years, 500 is where we've lived. Our ceiling has been higher than Kentucky's and it should be higher than Kentucky's. And this is a year that we can hopefully, you know, pass on the left lane and get by the Kentucky get by the South Carolina. You're looking at seven wins at that point. Then you've got some tough road ahead. And if you can steal a game, then we're back to talking about a special season because Nine or ten wins at Mizzou is a special season, and there's still wins on the board, even after this LSU loss, but it all has to start in Lexington. I look at this Kentucky team, and the only game that interests me, really, is their game against Florida, because they played four cupcakes, they got stomped by Georgia, as everyone expected, and they whooped Florida, and Florida is a big old fat question mark, so the only game I feel like you can take anything from is that Gator game, but I don't know what I don't know what I take from it. Other than they're very similar both than we are that they're a flawed team, but they've had success and they're just getting to the point in the season where they're going to show what they really are and what we're going to show what we really are.
3: Well, I, mean, I, I say this. I mean, even in the second half, our offense moved the ball some. I mean, it, as a, as a guy who's watched Mizzou offenses. You know, throughout the year, sometimes play as, you know, as anemic as is imaginable. You know, this was not that, but our offensive line started getting beat. I think, you know, LSU found something. Maybe they were bringing more heat. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it was, but the, the second half was different. And I hope whatever it was doesn't show up on tape when Kentucky looks at this game.
2: Kentucky gave up 28 to Vanderbilt. Kentucky gave up 51 to Georgia. They held Florida to 14 the three cupcake games. I'm not even going to mention because it doesn't mean anything. But Kentucky does not have a shutdown defense. And I do think when everything's clicking and Brady Cook looks good and Brady Cook is in the right headspace and our receivers are doing what they do, and frankly when Cody Schrader's doing what he does – A lot of teams are going to have trouble stopping us, and I have no reason to believe that Kentucky can stop us any easier than, well, I don't want to say LSU. LSU has a fucking Uh, terrible defense.
3: God, just with you just saying it out loud makes me so mad. I'm just like, if our defense would just play a little bit like they were supposed to. I'll I'll tell you, another guy had a fucking bad game, and that's Chris Abrams' drain.
2: Yeah.
3: Fucking... Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm just watching, rewatching the game as I go. I'm just like, oh, these motherfuckers. This defense is trash. <laughs> and shouldn't be. It yeah. shouldn't be trash, but
2: it's hot garbage. Hot,
3: hot garbage. One,
2: well, Colin, oh I'm not going to say that I predicted anything because I've done nothing but make very bad predictions this entire season regarding everything. But I have, for time and again, since before the season started, saying everybody needs to hold off on the elite talk. Because they're basing the fact that we have this elite defense on the fact that we have a lot of returning starters and that they were pretty good last year. But we were just pretty good last year. We still let Kansas State drop 40 on us. We still let Tennessee drop 66 points on us. Elite defenses don't let anybody score 66 fucking points. And we had no reason to believe that we were going to be dramatically better than we were last year. And we certainly haven't been. We've certainly been worse and I don't know what you chalk that up to other than Blake Baker coaching like a puss. It wasn't the worst game in the world, but no. boy, the defense played badly. I did both Norfleet
3: and uh, Stevenson are both tight ends mm. made big plays in this game, which is always nice because we have not been oh. traditionally been offense a which that has used the tight end, and that's changed a
2: little bit this season. Stevens, Jesus Christ, four fucking drops. Oh yeah, yeah. God, we haven't he talked been, about he, that. He had
3: a biggie though. That's he did have one biggie, but it, like he did. Right. But a-
2: Jesus Christ, that guy has fucking butter sandwiches. For- <laughs>
3: yeah, he's loving his butter sandwiches. He's Fuck. a butter sandwich eating motherfucker. He I closed
2: out the game, Colin, with just a big fat stupid drop, and I'm like, man, nobody on offense. It's hard to have a worse game.
3: Well, and that Northfleet kid seems to catch everything too. Yeah. I'm like, why are we running? The tight in offense through Stevenson when Norfleet has Stevens. never dropped a ball. <laughs> Stevens, what the fuck is his name? Why bother to know his name? I <laughs> called him Mudfoot at the beginning of the season because every time he caught the ball, it's like, oh, that guy runs in slow motion.
2: We'll never know now because he never catches the ball. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> I, dropping the fucking ball. I've never seen anybody drop four fucking easy passes. Sorry, Brady Cook's hitting you in your nipples with the ball. Jesus Christ! Like, catch the fucking football. I I almost forgot about that. Uh, you don't
3: remember Sean Colkin, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah, NFL star Sean Colkin. Uh, yeah, I re- I remember
3: Sean Colkin early on. I remember we made a a picture of him with stones for hands uh, yeah. and put it on the Twitter because he had a. I remember his one season he had a particularly bad stretch there, but yeah, he turned that around so he, though. He sure did. He sure did. So, but I mean, like I, I, I remember, I remember other tight ends dropping balls still, but
2: yeah, well, anyway. that's part of what makes you a tight end, I guess. But I, and to be fair to Eli Drinkwitz, cause I have been harsh on Eli Drink, I don't know if you've noticed Colin, I've leveled some harsh criticism really. on Eli Drinkwitz this year. To be fair, when you've got your team five and zero, every loss stings more, you know, it just does. Mm-hmm. If we were two and four right now, we'd just be like, yeah, mm, fourth win. Well, it's,
3: it's, you know, losses and and wins are more than just numbers on paper. It's sometimes it's the way you win. It's the way you lose. You yeah. know, I just I look at this game as I watch and I mean, they in the second half, like we let them score on four consecutive series. I mean, if our defense gets one stop, th- our defense just just this one's on the defense. And Lord knows the offense, especially the offensive line, didn't have a great day. At times, the penalties and the sacks, but. In retrospect, this game, the offense did everything it needed to do to win. We scored enough points to win. We just needed the defense to show up for, you know, one quarter of this game would have been great.
2: Part of what I think gets to me too, Colin, and I, I shouldn't let this get to me, but I do, is ever since we joined the conference a decade ago now, you know, it's always been like the, well, Mizzou doesn't belong, they don't fit in, who's Mizzou, we don't care about you, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Whatever. When we had early success, I did enjoy being like, you know what? You all are just fucking idiots. We do belong. We're every bit as good as half the teams in this conference. Fuck you all. And then there's these moments like when we play Auburn or when we play LSU. And these are true blue bloods, old school members of this conference. And if you can beat these members, then it's very tough to say you don't belong. And we should have beaten Auburn, and we lost, and we gave the game away. And here, we should have beaten LSU, and we lost, and we gave the game away. And you just don't get these kind of opportunities very much because, frankly, most of the time when we do play in Auburn or in LSU, they're going to kick our faces in. And we had a chance, and we just fucking gave it away. And then we just become everything that these teams say that we are. And I shouldn't give a fuck what anybody thinks about Mizzou or the fact that we're sort of a redheaded step-shelled. But it does irk me a little bit. And then when we have these opportunities and we just fritter it away, God, it just, it's so, I don't know. I'm sure other Mizzou fans feel what I'm feeling now. and just like, God, it was right there in our hands and we just handed it. To the fucking other team for no reason other than God, I don't know what other reason just pisses me off. Anyway, I'm down. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Colin, why don't we take a break? <laughs> I, I want you
3: to. Uh, do you have any guns in the house?
2: Yeah, sure, sure, locked. I need
3: you to take off your belt and give uh-huh. it to me,
2: okay? <laughs> Colin, I have two young children. Of course, I have guns in the house, <laughs> <Yeah>. unlocked, <laughs> like, like any sane American.
3: Yep. It's your it's their second minute right to play with them too, Brendan. So sure. don't for a
2: lock a drawer. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, Colin. I uh it's not that bad for me. It just it's just like a thorn in your fucking foot. You're just like, Oh here was a chance to really show that our program is on the up and up and we're yeah. every bit as good here as you You're get
3: getting what's called the Mizzou blues, boo. That's Mizzou Blues, and that's that's Mizzou fans get it from time to time in Mizzou Blues.
2: I do have it, yeah.
3: It's it's not it's not you're not mad about this game, you're not mad about this season. You start thinking about your life as a Mizzou fan in a holistic way, and it takes you down to a dark, 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 dark dark, dark, dark.
2: Dark place. <laughs> you're, you're right. And I, th- I thank you for diagnosing it, Doc column because it is the Mizzou Blues. That's exactly what I'm dealing with right now. Yep. I've heard it before,
3: Bryn. yeah Hi, Brennan. I'm a sufferer, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? like it's,
2: We're, d- it's, uh, we- We're not just sufferers of SPS. <laughs>
3: Don't suffer alone. Yeah. Don't suffer alone, mate. <laughs> call the Mizzou Hotline and uh, tell us on the voicemail.
2: Do you have the Mizzou Blues? Don't let the Mizzou blue.
3: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go list the side effects. Diarrhea.
2: (laughs) SPS. Has SPS been going on long enough that we need to re-explain what it is to any of the new listeners? Probably. Because it's another condition many Mizzou fans suffer from. Uh, Perhaps if you've ever been to a Mizzou game and you're a male, a man, you've been to the public urinals. And you've noticed that Mizzou's Perot field has these glorious trough toilets. You know, there's, there's no privacy. If you've got to urinate... It's they just,
3: hearken to a bygone day.
2: That's right. It's a communal experience to urinate and see your fellow man's dick. And uh, oh, that's, you, my, that's my fellow man's cock to my left. Oh, look. To my right, another fellow man's cock. That's right. We love the same football team, and I've seen his penis. <laughs> but if you have a small pickle, it can be a little bit intimidating. And if you have small pickle syndrome, like, you know... There are some sufferers who podcast. I'll admit it. Sure. Um, then sure. it can be challenging to go to Furrow Field and watch a game. You drink a little soda. You drink some beer. You can drink beer now, and I'll tell you what. Before long, somebody's gonna have to see your pickle because those are trough toilets, and you got to yep. use them. We uh, we've talked to
3: basically. We feel like people who complain about the trough system suffer from this condition.
2: Yeah, they're SPS sufferers, and it's fine. You know, it just gotta you just gotta be. Confident with who you are And enjoy your Tigers But uh, Between SPS And the Mizzou Blues There's a lot of uh, You know Health issues That Mizzou fans I think are just Uniquely suffering yep, from This was a from. real
3: Oliver Sadwell game
2: <laughs> It was Oliver's coming back out Alright Colin yeah. I am going to uh, Drink some of my Happy juice That comes in a Bottle and is brown It's best on ice And um, Get over the Mizzou Blues And then we'll be back After the break This is the cast Oh <laughs> Hey guys, Mizodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mizodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. As autumn winds caress the night... Darkness turns the world to fright. Shorter days make children sleepy. Longer nights turn dreams creepy.
1: Rest
2: of my life. And we are back. Thank you to Dan Ruprecht for that special holiday song. If you have any music that you or your band produces, we'd be happy to feature it on the Mazodcast. So send it in like Dan and uh, get some ears on you. We groused and moaned, and I've wallowed in my Mizzou blues long enough. It's time to hear. What the rest of the Mizzou fans thought about Saturday's game, it's time for Ms. Oddcast Mailbag.
0: Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail.
1: Howdy, boys. This is Coach O. How y'all doing? This is my, my little old buddy from South Carolina. Carolina Jackpot. He cut me on, y'all. I just want to tell y'all good luck today. And go Tigers. Uh, uh, me and my big old fat and sausage that shoots off loads of Crawfish F2 thing flavored hot dropsy chips. I've been pulling for you <laughs> I ain't pulling for the LSU Tiger, cause they fired my ass. For good reason. Good luck to y'all today, boy. Go Tiger, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <y'all, laughs> woo! <laughs> oh, me and
3: you. I what to told me to say hi. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, leghorn leg and uh, Ed Ogeron had a retarded baby.
2: <laughs> oh, I do love it. I do love it. Hey guys, I think it's about time we start talking about converting Sam Horn to safety. <laughs> I like the idea.
0: Hey, is it just me or is Chase Daniel trying to like pull off that whole Drake look? I don't know, buddy. If you're trying to bang Hot college girls, you got to get like uh, gray hairs and khaki pants, like Urban Meyer or maybe a, <laughs> uh, a Harley, like Petrino. That's the only way you're going to get them, bud. Doing that Drake look's not going to work for you.
2: Mig. <laughs> Chase Daniel seems to be back in a big way. No, he's he's all over everything.
3: Yep, somebody signed a contract.
2: Yeah, with yeah, the, uh, with ESPN apparently because he's a he's around. Yeah, he's... he's around. Not carrying that clipboard anymore. God damn, it's fun to watch enjoyable football. Uh-oh, is, Cook is
4: Slinging that bastard all over. Luther Burden's going top ten in the draft. I mean, things are great. I love,
3: love watching good Mizzou football. Now, if we can just get Stevenson to stop eating extra butter popcorn before games. Stevens. And someone, <laughs> anybody, show
4: fucking Drinkowitz the goddamn rule change where a first down stops the clock and we don't have to take a fucking timeout every time. That'd be great. Go Tigers.
2: <laughs> said it. I said it myself. He's done it yep. two games now. He calls his fucking timeout after we stop the clock automatically for our first down and then when it's second, we, we throw the ball for six yards in the middle of the field. Clock's running. Don't call a timeout then. We wait until the automatic stoppage. It makes no fucking sense. And by the way, the guy's named Stevens. <clears throat> Yep. Like, he's been listening to me. That's that's that was Twink Caleb. I
3: know that voice. Yeah. And uh now I know who to blame for this loss. Yeah. That's why the second half went he called in, got his us. you know, showing his dick, waving it around. Hey everybody, look at my special cock. You know what? Somebody had a dog, and that cock got bit. Mm-hmm. And that's the analogy for this game. <laughs>
2: that's right.
3: That's right. Put your cock away, Caleb.
1: Asher from St. Louis here. Let's fucking go. Up twenty. 20- Five seventeen at halftime. I don't know what Brady Cook's interception throw was. That was hot garbage. Hot, hot, hot garbage. M I Z.
2: More to come.
0: So I think they're doing okay, but it could be better. Those drops is killing us. But I just don't like the fact that ESPN—they not giving us a chance. Like these dudes really not that good for real, and they want us to lose for real. But we'll see. M I Z. Uh, yeah. Has anyone noticed how enormous Brett Norfleet is? I mean, this dude is, like, bigger than everybody on the field by, I don't
3: know, 25%, 30%. I'm pretty pretty sure he's a ginger, too. He's a big great ginger. Yeah. You know, and gingers, just by, you know, they're scary, you know, just in general because they
2: don't have souls, Brendan. Yeah, at all sizes, they're frightening.
3: The sticker kicker
0: has left the building a fat fucker has entered, unfortunately how do you miss that kick at home easy hard to go 54 after 54
2: yards well he, he made the 50 yarder uh, there's
3: one but he missed a
2: 54 yarder well he missed a chip shot Colin oh uh, that's true yeah god damn it i forgot all about that
3: god damn it
2: yeah i mean it's hard to go after a guy who nailed a 61 record yard record setter to win a game, but he does have this thing in it where he's more reliable at 50 yards than he is at 30, and I don't know why.
1: Hey, this is Sippy seed in Houston. You know, I think every time Harrison Nevis gets a fucking field goal inside of 50 yards, we got to just take a holding penalty back it up. We so can only make it some goddamn 50 yards. So <laughs> yeah. Let's go yep. MIZ, get it back to Burden. I need a touchdown to hit the parlay. We'll make it happen. MIZ, zOU Yeah,
2: as I was saying, couldn't agree more. What
5: in the holy fuck? happened at halftime i took me a little nap and you guys were up big time and uh now lsu just scored a touchdown well i took y'all's advice and got me a bottle of johnny walker blue so i'm
2: gonna continue to drink and hopefully you guys will pull this out z-o-u yeah johnny walker was johnny walker red this week he was the uh bottom shelf
1: the fuck is this disconcerting signals penalty, bro?
2: Yeah,
3: I just feel like, that did you know there's going to be just like a new rule they call all the time in this game?
2: Yeah, don't clap. Clapping's bad.
3: Well, I understand it because, you know, some of these teams clap for, as part of their snap count now. So I understand why the penalty exists, but I think these guys are getting a little, you know, it's one thing like, I don't know, it get a little crazy with it. Obviously, somebody had a meeting with them about this penalty specifically like that week
2: yeah yeah there was a PowerPoint. Oh, guys
3: hey don't forget about <laughs>
2: yeah. there was a powerpoint presentation and they talked about it, it in depth and that was top of mind and also i think it's just an easy call for them we're like hey i somebody clap get your flag out you go third and one Bot snap to 4th and 32. Yeah. That is
1: fucking Drinkwitz pulling his little fucking dick out and pissing in the wind and it fucking splattering
3: all over himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying.
3: And the uh, red zone false starts. Never forget the red zone false starts. Those are, those are our our classic Mizzou.
2: Eli yeah. Drinkwitz trademarks. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Red zone false starts and uh, calling time out when the clock's already stopped.
2: And going backwards uh, yeah, kind of thirty yards. <laughs> yep. We need one yard, we go backwards thirty. That's a that's a drinkwitz plan. Motherfucker.
1: God damn it. Shit.
2: Actually, you could probably just skip through the first thirty minutes of this podcast and that guy just summed it up in about seven seconds.
0: There's the Brady tough part that I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> he is back. <laughs> Throwing a game, losing interception. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's not even his fault. He should. We should not have been inside the 10-yard line to begin with. Because with what the fuck are you doing, buddy? Going forward on fourth and 32 with three timeouts. Punt the fucking football. We could have got the ball back at least 20, fucking at the 25-yard line at least. Drinkless, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? Good fucking Lord. Hot garbage. Hot garbage.
2: Colin, you know, we have, you have compared Brady Cook to, uh, CookCoin at various points in the season. and I'm telling you, the guy was never so much like cryptocurrency as he was in this LSU game because his fucking yeah. stock was skyrocketing in the first half. I mean, people were noticing Brady Cook. And then in the little second half, after that fumble, for my God, the uh, crypto stock was tanking. CookCoin could not get sold fast enough.
3: Didn't matter how much Elon Musk pumped it up. <laughs> coin right. was... Uh, That's right. CookCoin's value was suffering. Well, the season's fucked. We're going to go five and seven.
5: Kentucky's going to get an absolute fucking uh, <laughs> good.
3: Oh, that's Nick the Mizzou, Mizzou Blues.
4: Every college
5: football <laughs> meeting person out there. Drink what's out. Cook out. Francois out.
3: Fuck
2: everything. <laughs> what do you say, Doc Collin? What do you got there?
3: Yeah, I got the Mizzou Blues, baby. <laughs>
2: yeah, that guy's suffering from Mizzou Blues. It yeah, look,
3: don't, Do not operate. heavy machinery on the uh, medicine for the mizzou blues because the only cure is drugs
2: that's right and look i have consumed my alcohol during the break and i'm feeling a little better and the reality is you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are and when we were five and oh we were not a top team in the country and after we've gotten beaten by lsu we're not the worst team in the sec you know it's all shaken out i mean i i'm I get the Mizzou blues. I have had it earlier in the show, but it's it's not that bad. It's w- the season's not fucked yet. Give us time.
0: I don't even remember why I called.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> love. Well, and keep in mind these are voicemails. You don't have to. It's not like you're waiting on hold for an hour and then you forget why you called. He just <laughs> called in, forgot why he called, left a message anyway, and God bless you. Well, I will tell you, what's going to piss people off calling is whenever they don't make the cut with their voicemail and this guy saying he forgot. My gold. Yeah. That made the show.
3: No, that's kinda funny.
0: Why are we throwing to that idiot tight end that keeps dropping the ball every time he's targeted? You have Norfleet who is like seven nine, four hundred and eighteen pounds. <laughs> he's
3: the biggest human
0: since Goliath, and we won't give him the ball. Okay. Yeah, but just keep throwing to that idiot that keeps dropping <laughs> the ball.
3: Yeah, Norfleet's not even imaginary.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
3: Uh, does Blake Baker have a little touch of fucking d-ing? What kind of fucking game Good was What well,
4: Why do even have a defense out there? What a fucking shit show. Man, uh, we can never win the big game. It's not even a big game. Fuck my life.
2: That's the Mizzou Blues, calling. That's the Mizzou Blues. That's the That's Mizzou it. Blues. It's, uh, it's running around like COVID.
1: Hey, this is Alex calling right after the pick six to finish the game. And oh my God. Brady Cook looks like garbage today. Heart heart garbage. garbage. Like, how do you not just take a five yard sack? He turned it into a twenty five yard loss. Threw a 6 six. Threw another interception. Bunch of hobo come right here.
2: Hobo come.
1: <laughs> I'm back <laughs> on no the start Sam Horn train. If he doesn't get his shit together, jeez. In the first half against Kentucky. But
3: anyway, MIZ
2: <laughs> gone. That's Mizzou Blues.
3: Yeah, that's that's them them there, Mizzou Blues. God, fuck, fuck!
1: LSU, fucking A! Ah, I hate it with all these fucking SEC teams that are favored to win, that everybody fucking sucks the penis up because of the name on their fucking jersey, and then they turn around and show us why everybody sucks the penis up because of the name on their fucking jersey. Fucking man, that was a load of shit, guys. I fucking hate it for you. I'm uh, so fucking close. That, that was a great game to me. I mean, you probably could have played a little better defensively in the second half, but, but you gave it your damn best effort. If it was me, I would have punted that ball on the series next to last for the fucking pick six or whatever and, you know, maybe not pinch your quarterback. and <laughs>
2: Thanks for calling, Jackpot. I didn't realize you were such close friends with Coach O, but it makes sense in hindsight.
4: Sean from Kansas City. Uh, this fucking sucks, boys. I want to start off by saying, Tyler Stevens, number 80, you can suck my fucking dick. You have lineman hands, and you should never have been put in a skill position, you piece of shit. Uh, thanks <laughs> for playing first, though, but, like, not today. Uh, but yeah, we should have had oh. that one. It looked like we were gonna maybe get that strong w you guys were talking about but penalties 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 and for the first time interceptions uh don't jump off the cliff yet folks like we got time this is the best offensive will play all goddamn year and we still almost had a chance to pull this fucker out i thought we would with 50 seconds left honestly miz you
3: no know, i like that that's that's uh that's mizzou optimism which is so rare and I like that uh, he makes a good point this this might be the best offense we play all year. And uh, so, you know, they did score a lot of points, and we shouldn't have expected our defense to shut them out. We just needed one one or two stops, you know, in that game. But he's right. I mean, I don't know what George is going to bring to the table in a few weeks, but, you know, it is certainly the best offense we've played so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, you say positivity. He started the whole call by motherfucking Stevens as hard as he possibly could. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, like I said, I, I don't, I, you know, I feel like that's a little bit deserved. Yeah. Him and the— Butter sandwiches. Strong from Kansas
4: City, I called again because I forgot an honorable mention for just uh, the worst thing that happened today. How about those rests today? How how about that? How about that fucking the most blatant face mask you've seen in your goddamn life? And then and then fucking disconcerting signals three times, three times. A, a thing I don't think I've ever heard before. But yeah, they can suck my dick from the back, MIZ.
3: From the back. What a weird way to call I mean, it like disconcerting. Oh, those signals are
2: disconcerting. <laughs> have you seen <laughs> no, have you seen those signals down the street? They are disconcerting. They could have called it anything. It is weird that it's yeah, dis, like, disconcerting I, signal.
3: I feel like those kids on the corner are dealing drugs. It's very disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> those signals, I mean
2: Yeah, there there's blood in my poop. It's disconcerting. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's these, uh yeah, it's all it's very disconcerting. I'm disconcerted by how disconcerting the name is. (laughs)
2: It's disconcerting.
5: Well, a beautiful day. It started out beautifully and ended in just awful fashion. I thought Blake Baker and his defense laid an egg. I could hear Coach Lombardi from the grave. Grab, grab, grab. LSU gashed them at the line of scrimmage. Brady Cook was bothered. As the game wore on, Brian Kelly's getting a $100 million for a reason, and he made the adjustments. Uh, he made the adjustments on Luther Burden a little bit. But all in all, grab, 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 as Coach Lombardi said. And the undisciplined, the lack of discipline from Johnny Walker. He knows he has one unsportsmanlike penalty, and he gets another one and gets ejected. It's really a, a, a painful loss, a sickening feeling, because they could have very easily been six and0 22 to 7 LSU kicks that field goal and then the Brady cook interception he had a couple lapses in judgment and he it cost the team big time this time around his interception uh, completion mark stops at 365 but it all adds up to a loss Cody Schrader played a hell of a game and Tollison uh, at center. Another false start. For God's sake, where is your discipline, man? So a lot of problems and a very bad taste in my mouth, but they got to go get ready for Kentucky. Thanks a lot. Enjoy
2: your work.
3: I think that guy's yeah. 67 yeah. years old. Measured well thought out. Don't
2: call. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a minute 40, and I almost was just like, I'm not going to play it because it's a minute 40. And his voice captured me for a minute, and I was like, I want to hear I want to hear what this guy says. He sounds yeah. like he's got a cigar and he's drinking in a leather chair. He sounds like somebody's. I feel like I'd get yelled at if I cut him off. He's my elder. Yeah, I, and uh, he's making
3: a lot of sense.
2: He's kept making sense and then making more sense. I guess I had to play the whole damn good voicemail.
4: Tyler Stevens. Fucking hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Our safeties are a heaping pile of hobo cum. Homocom. And Sam Pittman <laughs> still has huge
3: fucking titties. M-I-Z.
2: <laughs> G-O-U. Yeah, I love it. I love bringing Sam Pittman into this one. Already. It's completely yeah. irrelevant to the game.
3: Awesome knockers,
2: though. Yeah, that's true.
4: I just got home from the game. Tough break for our boys. It was really a really winnable game for several points there, but... Yeah,
5: tough break. My major takeaway was I'd never even heard of a disconcerting signal penalty before, and then there were like two of them in that game.
3: The hell is that? M I Z.
2: It was disconcerting.
3: The amount of disconcerting signal penalties was disconcerting.
1: Fuck M I Z. Mizzou blows. Hey guys, it's Dan
0: again. this lock. I will no longer have Brady's babies for the time being. Dude, it's, 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 it's yeah, anyway because I'm
2: a dude. Cut out, guys.
3: I'm glad that cut out because I w- I feel like I would have been th- sort of disturbed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was just I was disturbed I was disconcerted yeah. from the minute I heard the voice. <laughs> yeah, it was dis- that was a
3: disconcerting signal. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, that's right.
4: Hi, great game overall. My name is Sean Barclay. Great game overall, but. The one thing I'd like to fix is I would like to play more Brett Norfleet in this football game because I think Brett Northley provides a higher upside than Tyler Stevens because Tyler Stevens has um, missed uh, several receptions.
2: Is this who I think really it
4: is? No. In Different guy. Where he can at least uh, make receptions and touchdowns. And Are there two serial killers in our fan base? So really At least. Like higher upside <laughs> compared to Mark Stevens, who's a senior, who isn't very good. Okay, see you later, bye-bye.
2: Yeah, you'd be easily <laughs> forgiven for thinking that that was Buffalo Bill, but it was not Buffalo Bill. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was
3: like, for a second. I was like, is this, am I hearing?
2: Buffalo Bill. She's a great big fat person. <laughs> She's a great big fat person. Buffalo Bill is Brett Sarver. This is, as you I mentioned, know, a guy like, named John like, Barkley.
3: Like, huh?
2: No, this is John Barkley. I don't know who okay. he is, but yeah, he's a John serial Barclay killer. Barkley
3: sounds like a serial killer's name.
2: It does. I, I'm. If he if would, you told me,
3: "Hey, did you hear about John Barkley, that guy who serial murdered and raped all those people in Seattle back in 1977?" I'd be like, "No, that sounds right."
2: <laughs> if they gave the middle name, that's usually the indicator. Is John David Barkley? <laughs> So, uh, But yeah, I mean, this guy, um, he's right about the the tight end play, obviously, but he's also murdered Mm -hmm. a lot of people in a very gruesome ways, and he's a fan of the show. Do
3: we want a big, scary ginger attacking the SEC from our tight end position? Because I think we do.
2: (laughs) I agree. But I do not agree with any of the other things you've done in your life, John Barkley. It's disconcerting. (laughs)
3: Yeah, we don't. It's a disconcerting signal.
2: (laughs) disconcerting week all in all, Colin.
3: Yeah, I would say the word that describes it is disconcerting.
2: Well, why don't we try to get the taste out of our mouths of the disconcerting loss to LSU and look at what happened with the rest of the conference. Let's go around the horn with the SEC.
0: we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me.
1: Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football.
2: <laughs> and Colin, would you fire up the Paul Finebot?
3: I will, because you know what? It'd be enough, Brendan, if we gave people scores and highlights. Sure. From around the SEC, but we give them more. We, we give them a robotic Paul Finebot. <laughs>
2: Alabama, Alabama. Nick Saban. Yeah, Colin. Obviously, uh, we would never get anyone the caliber of Paul Feinbaum to ever appear on this show. You're right about that. So uh, you constructed <laughs> in your garage a robotic Paul Feinbaum who is exactly. Yeah, the AI
3: technology has really, really
2: helped. Sure.
3: Uh, this this project along.
2: Yeah. And um, now it will answer and interact with us in, in exactly the same Brilliant. way that Paul Feinbaum does. And because of that, Paul's able to join us now.
0: Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. The Fine Bot. <laughs>
2: We don't, don't drop that one very often, but it's no. I think it's worth mentioning that the Paul Feinbot was referenced on the Paul Feinbaum show at one point, <laughs> right. and I'm he like, actually said...
3: I, I heard that, and I just like, that might have been one of the high points in the, of the past decade of doing this podcast. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum the, says... The Paul Feinbaum show had to acknowledge that we existed.
2: <laughs> he said things like...
3: The Bot
2: and... <laughs>
0: Mizzou cast podcast? Hot garbage. Hot garbage.
2: But You're right. It was uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> sort of the quiet high point of doing this show is the the fine bot being mentioned on Fine Bomb.
1: The fine bot.
2: Anyway, let's get into what happened in the rest of the SEC Colin. Let's start with that Georgia-Kentucky game we mentioned earlier on. Georgia whooped Kentucky 51 to 13 in Athens. It was a bloodbath. There's no other way to put it. Uh Georgia's 6 and 0 now, 3-0 in conference play. Kentucky falls to 5 and 1. Uh, still ranked after that beat down, uh, but then coming back home to play Missouri. So, again, I don't know what you take from this. You know, Georgia is better than Kentucky. I feel like we knew that going in.
3: I think Georgia is going to win the East. Yeah, I feel like Kentucky's very much is us. I don't agree. I think we have a better offense, though. I don't agree. I just, that second half just made me worry that, you know, like, That first season of Brady Cook, like, my eyes didn't lie to me. You know, like, he wasn't this quarterback, and he has been phenomenal this season. But I can tell that I haven't completely bought in on Cook because of my level of concern after that second half. I'm like, oh, God, he's not going to go back to being what he was, is he? And he didn't play that badly, you know, really. I mean, the the fumble, the interception, those are pretty big mistakes. But overall, I mean, this game was not a, you know, he he still looked very good at times. But, man, I, I just... There's still, I've got a little touch of the Mizzou Blues. And yeah, so I've, I'm going yeah. to turn towards the negative. I just assume that Brady Toughheart is going to, uh, going to like crash and burn. Like he's going to turn into Basilac. Just yeah. I'm going to close my eyes. And-
2: well, Colin, what your word is, is that he's going to turn into himself from before <laughs> three, days, <laughs> three weeks ago. Yeah. No, it's, it's easy to, I mean, and look, Brady Cook has not, been a guy who gives up the ball who throws interceptions he just decides when he's going to do it it's going to be at the biggest moments in the biggest game
3: yeah it's going to break our spinal cord when he does it that's a you know but uh, brady cook does everything you know hard you know he's a he's a hustler so he's tough he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have big games and he's gonna when he breaks your heart i mean he's, he's gonna break it off in your ass i mean he's it's that's who this guy is he doesn't he doesn't do anything halfway.
2: That's right nobody felt the loss harder than he did because he's got the biggest heart. He's got the toughest yeah. heart yep. Yeah. yep that's right. Well, all right let's move on to the Alabama Texas A&;M game particularly fond of this one. Alabama won 26 to 20 in college station. I like this game because I bet it. And I bet Alabama who was a one point favorite, at least when I put my bet down, Alabama starting to write the ship. Now they're five and one number 11 in the country, Texas A&M played tough, But wasn't enough for Nick Saban's squad. Texas A&M falls to four and two. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. On the year, I don't know. Do you think this Alabama team is going to be in the playoff picture when all is said and done, Colin? I mean, they didn't look good early, but they're starting. They've had a string of impressive wins, both over Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Now
3: you're right about that. Well, I think they're just they suffer from their own expectations. Sure. I mean, they don't look like they're going to massacre people this season, but they still win. I don't know. And you know, like I said, I've I've seen the theory. And I think I mentioned on the show that like because of the transfer, it's so easy to transfer now. Nick Saban can't trick four star and five star kids to go sit the bench for three years at Alabama, waiting for an opportunity anymore. So there's going to be a natural sort of comeback down to earth for all of these blue bloods. Mm-hmm. But you know, even if that's the case, and that theory is right. He took this at least to this point, Nick Saban's still finding a way to get enough of those kids on the roster that he's still winning. They are a
2: really good football team. Yes, he
3: and is. That uh, the most unrealistic outcome and expectation for this team maybe should have been what they were doing for all, you know the last decade. It's like that's the part that should be hard for us to believe, not to— part where they sort of come back down to earth and have to work hard for a win once in a
2: while yeah (laughs) to play competitive football takes us to the Arkansas Ole Miss game Ole Miss was number 16 in the country coming off their loss to Alabama Arkansas on the road lost to Ole Miss 27 to 20 close game but Ole Miss comes out the victor now 5 and 1 on the year Arkansas falls to two and four, oh and three in conference, and I'm telling you, Arkansas fans are down bad. They are hurting right now. I mean, Ole Miss is the better program than Arkansas right now, but God, Arkansas, last thing they needed was just another kick in the dick, and they got one from Ole Miss.
3: I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying every second of this. <laughs> i mean every second of it sure especially because i feel like the difference with this time around and the other times that arkansas has shat the bed is that when they got sam Pittman, they did have a they did get to chase a little bit of success you know there was yeah. that one season where they got to lick a little bit of honey yeah and uh <laughs> and then it's just shit burgers you know yeah. back to shit burgers enjoy your shit burger oop there's a, a big hunk of corn in that one enjoy <laughs> the uh, and like that's what's great it really he really got their expectations high he got their hopes up they like hey happy times are here again you know Sam Pittman's righted the ship I mean they they said it about Chad Morris Brent and all Bielma. the other buckets yeah they said it about those guys too but those guys really didn't ever give him any reason to truly believe it yeah but Sam Pittman did that's why I like Sam Pittman and his hot knockers the best is because <laughs> he really got their hopes up made them feel like they were something special and then he just started flipping those shit burgers and said. Belly up to the bar, boys. We're serving shit burgers.
2: <laughs> you smell that? It's home cooking. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, every time Arkansas has hired a new coach, they say, yeah, you've beaten us the better part of a decade. But that's just because we had bad coaches, and now things are all going to change. Even though this is, a, we hear this over and over and over again, and it's getting to the point where it's like, "We look, we've had a bad half century. Anybody can have a bad half century. <laughs> sure. Uh, ask the Chicago Cubs, but that's not really who we are we shouldn't count all of those losses, but yes I do detect a level of i mean you talk about the Mizzou blues Colin the Arkansas blues right now is pretty blue oh.
3: you know they get you know you get people are getting blue when it when it breaks down their delusion
2: <laughs> right, right. Like when you start, know you start who, who they, having
3: they are like self reflective tweets like, maybe this is just who we are.
2: Yeah. That's You're bad. Like,
3: oh, that's bad.
2: Yeah. Somebody do a wellness check on that guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. That guy's let reality creep into his brain. You better be careful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, next game, Mississippi State uh, took on Western Michigan for supposedly a cupcake win. They ended up winning 41 to 28. Yikes to a two and four Western Michigan team. Mississippi State is bad. Three and three on the year, no sign of improvement. I mean, yeah, they won, but Jesus Christ, they gave up 28 to Western Michigan. I wish we were playing Mississippi State this year.
3: Yeah, they're the West
2: Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. The sad thing is we caught them when they were good, when Dak Prescott spanked our little bottoms.
3: Mm -hmm. He
2: oiled them up and he spanked them hard. Yeah. Sounds great, but it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
3: <laughs> My description made it sound really kind of, a lot of like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, then Vanderbilt took on Florida and Gainesville. Florida had no problem with Vanderbilt, thirty-eight to fourteen. <laughs> Florida's now four and two, two and one in conference. Vanderbilt, lowly Vanderbilt, is now two and five, winless in the SEC. So uh, that went as expected. Let's move forward to next week in conference play. Vanderbilt now has to take on Georgia, so that's a great way to sort of get better. (laughs) That just doesn't seem fair to Vanderbilt for some reason. you want to guess the line in this one, Colin? 21. Up. You have to go higher than that. 27. Yeah, you're going to have to go higher than that. 31. You're still going to have to go a little higher than that. Oh, man. Uh, 40? Nah, 31 and a half is the line. Uh, over under is fifty six. Presumably, the Las Vegas thinks it will be fifty six to nothing.
3: I just feel like <laughs> that may be the case. I just feel like Kirby Smart is not going to curb stomp Vanderbilt. You yeah, know I mean? like you I don't. Know. I maybe he. I feel like that's totally a Nick Saban move. But I don't. And even Nick Saban really doesn't curb stomp people on purpose as much as I pretend he does. But um, I don't know. I thirty one is a big fucking number
2: that's a big number you know part of me wishes i had bet georgia in this kentucky game last week because i had said and i thought that Georgia didn't look great the week before, and Kirby Smart is going to want to tell everybody we deserve that number one ranking, we are the best team in the country, and we're going to show it to you by destroying the Kentucky Wildcats. And that's exactly what he did and uh, left money on the table. All right, Arkansas, they've got a chance to get right too, Colin, by playing in Tuscaloosa against number 11 Alabama, (laughs) Crimson Tide. (laughs) So uh, those Arkansas Blues are not going to get any better next week. I don't know, maybe – Maybe because they know they're going to get beat by Alabama it doesn't hurt as badly. I don't know. You tell me. Um
3: yeah, I think that's true. I mean, just sort of like losing to LSU. I mean, like it's you know, we lost to LSU, it sucks. I feel like we're a better team right now and and but at the same time, it does it hurts worse to lose to, you know, would hurt worse to lose to South Carolina.
2: Yeah. You want to guess this spread? Ooh, 11. You're going to have to go higher than that. <laughs>
3: Uh, 16.
2: You're going to have to go higher than that. 28. No, nah, it's 20, but, uh, is <laughs> in going into Alabama, 20 point dogs. Okay. Let's move on to the Texas A&M Tennessee game. This one should be interesting. A&M's four and two. Tennessee's is going to be at home. Number 19, four and one. Tennessee is a three point favorite in this one. I like Tennessee at home in this. I, I've watched a lot of A&M this year and, I just don't think they're much
3: yeah I'm not a believer either. I feel like Tennessee may be figuring themselves out a little bit, you know, I think they lost a, a lot of players in this off season and uh but they're starting to find their feet a little, which is bad news for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah i'm I'm okay with that i a and played better than I expected them to though honestly I don't know, I wouldn't bet this game
2: I mean that's where I'm at with this one, yeah. Well, uh, then let's head to South Carolina. They will be hosting Florida. Florida now four and two South Carolina, two and three, two and three South Carolina team is favored at home by two points over Gator Nation. That tells you everything you need to know. I think the fact that South Carolina is two and three and still the favorite over Florida. I'm going to take Florida, though. I think think they can win on the road against this Carolina team. Although, it just completely depends on which version of Spencer Rattler we're going to see.
3: Yeah, another game I wouldn't bet.
2: No. I mean, Spencer Rattler is the Jekyll and Hyde of the SEC, I feel like. So, it could go either way. Then... LSU coming off their big win on the road against Missouri will be hosting three and two Auburn. Auburn's zero and two in conference. LSU's now twenty two in the country. Four and two is their record. They are eleven point favorites over Auburn, and I think they will thoroughly beat Auburn. I've watched Auburn, and they look like shit.
3: Yeah, and Jaden Daniels the real deal.
2: Yeah, he is. He is. He's every team's going to have trouble stopping Jaden Daniels to some degree. I mean, as bad as our defense was.
3: You know our defense played badly, but uh, you know Jaden Daniels also going to make a lot of defenses look bad. But we played badly all over the field, not just because yeah. you know it's, it's not it's, it's not a it's not an excuse or a, a, a for our defenses play. You know, yes, Jaden is really good, but we shat
2: the bed. And then that takes us to our final conference matchup this week: the University of Missouri Tigers, five and one, will be facing the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. Number twenty four, Kentucky Wildcats, also five and one. Kentucky is the two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Colin, I think Mizzou can win, but I also like the over-under, which is set at 51-and-a-half, given what we've seen out of Missouri recently, and knowing what Kentucky will likely do against our poorest defense, I think more than 51 points can be thrown up on this one.
3: Uh, Again, I don't know if i take the over. It's a lot of points, but yeah, you're probably right, though. That's 51 and both teams' score, uh, and neither team seems to want to play defense. I'm just. I guess I'm really hoping that Mizzou will defense will sort of have a big game here. As a, I don't know why I would think that. I don't know why. I don't know why I would think that. But I just hope that like, hey, we got we got something to prove. LSU pulled in our pants and showed everybody our little boy dicks, and uh, we need to uh, we need to stiffen our backs here a little bit and have some fucking pride in ourselves. And uh, I I just feel like uh, our defense has got to play better, right? It has to. It. Goddamn, it, it has to.
0: The hapless Tigers continue to inch toward the bottom of the SEC. Not well, really. I feel
3: like that's, that's, that's over the top, considering we're 5-1. It's hard to take Missouri seriously.
2: I agree. 5-1. I one. agree. Yeah. All right. Um, and that will do it for this week, Around the Horn. Why don't we look to our west to see some other news from the state of Kansas?
1: Three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine,
2: sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story for the day man jailed after five hour standoff at Kansas home. Law enforcement authorities are investigating a suspect on multiple allegations from a standoff in McPherson. Just after 3.30 p.m. Tuesday, dispatch received reports of a man brandishing a firearm at several individuals in Marquette, Kansas, according to a media release. Deputy I'm
3: surprised it gets a call from the cops. It's the cops. You're like Just like a random Kansas person at 3.30 in the afternoon waving a gun around? Is that, <laughs> that, does that really draw that much attention in kansas <laughs>
2: not much of a red flag there is it
3: <laughs> yeah i mean, like, feel like they, you can drive down any street any kansas neighborhood you know right now and uh, and see that <laughs> every day of the week
2: <laughs> deputies responded and found a man outside his residence with the firearm deputies attempted to have the man surrender when he pointed the firearm at the deputies and retreated into his home um, so
3: he pointed the gun at the deputies, and he's still alive. We yeah. got, we obviously know he's white.
2: Yes, now we'll start there. White individual. After a five-hour standoff, the man identified as 68-year-old Marlon Carpenter, according to an online jail record, was taken into custody without further incident. He was transported to McPherson Hospital for medical evaluation and later report booked into McPherson County Jail on requested well, Five charge-
3: hours, kind of weak sauce. You know what I mean? That's not. That's not that long a standoff.
2: Well, and how does that end, basically? You know, you you're, you stick it out for five hours. You just run out of hot pockets? Or, like, wh- at what point do you be like, I guess, I guess I'm guess i not going to point my gun at him anymore? <laughs> the cops had a boring day. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we could sit here and play solitaire, or we could stand at this crazy guy's house until he puts his gun down.
3: And you're like, Jim, we're really going to go to a guy's house for brandishing his gun in his yard at, in the middle of the afternoon? Are we that bored? And it's like... Yeah, we're that bored. Let's go. Yeah. Hop in.
2: <laughs> It'll be fun.
3: Uh, he's probably like sitting in jail after he gets arrested. For it. He's like, I can't believe I got arrested for brandishing my gun in my yard. <laughs> like I've done this a million times. Why did the <laughs> cops care this time?
2: Why is it suddenly bad? Well, why is this
3: against the law suddenly?
2: After all this went down, he's no longer in custody according to online jail records. So nothing ever happened to it. It was just a waste of everyone's time.
3: <laughs> Most Kansas news is.
2: Another interesting story about a hardcore criminal that is uh, constantly breaking the law. Kansas Jayhawks' Bill Self and Basketball Program avoids serious penalty in NCAA infractions case. Colin, have you been hearing about this?
3: What a shock.
2: Yeah, after six years of investigation by the FBI and just countless malfeasances by one of the most horrible programs in all of history. corrupt
3: corrupt programs to its core
2: corrupt corrupt from the moment they gave a Cadillac to Wilt Chamberlain in the 1950s on until present day it has been the most dripping with corruption program pieces of shit have run this Kansas yeah they have never
3: done anything legitimately in their entire history
2: yeah and they and they uh, they just
3: continue to uh, be a scofflaw
2: they, and they soak like a Mormon in their victories that are ill-gotten year after year.
3: There's a million fucking douchebags wearing their Kansas Jayhawks shirts around preening as if they've done this on some sort of honorable level. and They haven't just fucking cheated their way through their entire existence.
2: If there's an organization that's any more corrupt and despicable than the Kansas Jayhawks athletics program, it's the NCAA that is just They're worse than Hamas. <laughs> They're certainly worse than Hamas. Name anything I don't know in the last week that Hamas has done has been half as bad as Kansas. <laughs> the University of Kansas men's basketball program has, uh, shockingly again, avoided major penalties in its six-year infractions case, which finally has been ruled upon by the NCAA's independent accountability review so process. Oh, independent. So yeah. independent. You think a five-hour fucking standoff with an idiot with a gun in Kansas is a waste of time. Six years of bullshit infractions case reviewing by the NCAA leads to bubkus. In fact, the most significant penalty assessed to KU on Wednesday's long-awaited ruling was a three-year probationary period for the program. The uh, IARP determined that the Jayhawks coach Bill Self initi- initially was charged with a level one violation and that should be reduced to level three. The report said there are no additional penalties assessed for KU's coach. Self was suspended for four games last season as part of KU's self imposed sanctions. Assistant coach Curtis Townsend also suspended for four games last year, had his re- charges reduced from level one to level two and three. This is
3: such horseshit. This like is so. such horseshit. Uh, it's just, it's it's insane to me how it horseshit this is. Like, they admitted they were guilty. They literally self-punished themselves, and they still didn't get dick. They knocked their fucking penalties down two grades. I mean, it's insane. Like, how NCAA is fucking corrupt. Do you know how much fucking backroom ball buttering got done in this deal?
2: Well, the a- IARP will force KU to vacate 15 wins from the 2017-2018 season, which, if by the nobody way, gives a fuck about. that is the most toothless fucking penalty anybody can. Hey, you want to go back five years and those wins that everybody saw win and celebrated, uh, they count as losses now. Like, who fucking Marty, cares?
3: hop in the door and we're going back to vacate from wins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that kind of one of the more – disconcerting to use a term parts of the old back to the future movies was that Marty McFly went back 30 years into his past just to learn kind of that his mom was like a little cock, kind of a whore kind of cock starved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she liked the cock. <laughs> it's like, What'd you learn in this unbelievable adventure you had where you literally went back in time where no other man has. I learned that my mom kind of loves dick. My mom loves cock. And my she, mom was kind of a whore. I had to do everything in my power not to fuck my mom.
3: i don't think we should look at it too closely i just think we should enjoy an 80s movie and not think about how much he almost fucked his mom
2: Well, even his plan to get his parents together involved
3: him almost fucking his mom. (laughs) Yeah, there's no other way, Brendan. There's no other way.
2: (laughs) I'm just going to have to get my mom drunk and feel her tits. According to the IARP, any public references to the vacated records shall be removed from the athletic department's stationery and banners displayed in public areas. Oh, man. Oh, dearie, dear. Clutch my pearls. The report goes on to state that the hearing panel was intentional in not prescribing penalties that would have negative impact on current student-athletes. Oh, I'm glad you care about that now all of a sudden. Uh, The hearing panel also applied significant weight to Kansas' self-imposed penalties, especially the men's basketball program restrictions for the 2022-23 academic year. Somehow... The IARP also will just now be leveling a three-scholarship ban on the University of Missouri for Kansas's.
3: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the best way <laughs> is to take a few scholarships from Missouri.
2: Yeah, that's Kansas, you did a lot of things wrong. We're going to have to uh, make sure that Missouri plays a serious fine. Final story, University of Kansas played football after uh, taking one on the chin a week ago. The Jayhawks, who are now on the up-and-up, played UCF and uh, came out the victor 51-22. to 22. Kansas is now 5-1 and one on the year, 2-1 and one in conference play, and they really think a lot of themselves.
3: And all joking aside, it is hard to believe.
2: That Kansas it's, is,
3: they, yeah. I mean, they have been so bad. I mean, they were had reached a point of bad that I was like, I don't think this can be fixed.
2: Yeah. How do you recruit and that, they're, guys? They're
3: five and one.
2: Yeah. At some point, you have to take them seriously. I, I'm not there yet, but at some point, you
3: know, I, I don't think they're a good team, but I think they're a, a middle of the road. You know, honest to goodness, Division One college football team. Yeah. And
2: it's a hurt by, to say.
3: You know, they couldn't beat FBS teams with any regularity for a while it's it's i don't know what they did there i honestly don't uh because i don't really give a k- shit about kansas or in any way shape or form so i have i don't know who their fucking coach is whoever it is he's he might be a wizard
2: <laughs> Yep. congratulations to the kansas jayhawks now coached by a wizard uh you're five and one all right colin that takes us to our final award segment of the show let's start out with the tj Mo. Duce of the week. Do you have any suggestions for this one, Colin? No. Do you? I think so. And I think it's gonna. We have to define what being a douche means because usually it's just like something people say or some behavior that they exhibited. But I wanted to actually pin this one on a coaching decision. I, I have come after Eli Drinkwitz a number of times for crazy bad coaching decisions in game. But I don't know if anything can top what happened with the Miami Georgia Tech game this weekend. Mario Cristobal, the head. I'm
3: unfamiliar with this.
2: Okay. So Mario Cristobal, the head coach at Miami, number 25 Miami Hurricanes looking to beat Georgia Tech. They were up 20 to 17. And instead of taking a knee, they try to run a play. They fumble the ball, allow (laughs) Georgia Tech to score and lose the game. And literally all they had to do was victory formation, walk. take a knee, and be done. Walk off the field. And they somehow managed to fuck away. What's
3: his explanation
2: for this play call? I don't know that there was one. I, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But, I mean, it was uh, is unbelievable. They didn't knee the ball. That's the only reason they lost the game. And Yeah, I do, if you would have said, can can a play call be douchey before we started this segment? Yeah.
3: I said, "I don't, I don't know how it would be. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty douchey. Because it, one, it's like, oh, I'm trying to run up the score, or get somebody some stats or whatever. <laughs> and then karma stepped in and like, wow, this is so douchey. I'm going to have to do something about this.
2: I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like, do you fire your coach then and there? Like, you're not capable of <laughs> coaching
3: it. You go in the locker room and go, boys, this one's on me.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough to come back from that. I mean, it was... Bizarre. Bizarre.
5: And he'll reach the 30. Georgia Tech's out of timeouts with 72 seconds to go. Braylon Oliver, the Minnesota transfer. So there's a minute left Stop on the clock. Key's defense. Georgia Tech that has that no timeouts. Yeah. You
2: should not be handing this football off. Right. I don't know what Miami is doing. That's it.
5: Well, here's Cheney. Just straight ahead. Tackled and the ball popped out. Gotta, you got to read the clock. I mean, uh, read the card. I mean, and to me, Georgia Tech has it
1: with 26 seconds left.
2: 26 seconds left. They fumbled the ball to Georgia Tech. In 26 seconds, Georgia marches down the field, scores a touchdown, beats them. <laughs> 22 to 6. 20.
3: Christ. Honestly, though, I don't. I don't know how what their coach's uh, status was at this point. Maybe he's been having a lot of success. I don't know if he had any kind of hot seat, but boy. Wow! If you were on the fence about getting rid of him, you know, if that was sort of in the air already, this mm. would be the the straw.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, you look at the comments on the on the video and said this might be the stupidest way to lose a game I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and it's true. I mean, Georgia Tech was out of timeouts. You had less than a minute to play, and you fucking run the ball and cough. You did everything wrong. You cough up a fumble when you shouldn't even run a play, and then you allow a touchdown. I mean, it was ungodly and so Mario Cristobal I mean in my opinion I'm sorry you didn't do anything douchey but you're just being bad at your job makes you douche of the week that good enough for you sure all right well let's go on to happier news it's tougher to do during a loss but there was some good play on the football field for the Missouri Tigers now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game who's it gonna be after a tough loss to LSU Colin
3: Well, I think Cody Schrader played a pretty good game. You know, I I didn't find much wrong with what he was doing out
2: there. No, agreed. And I think if you were just going off of the first half, you would have a lot of people you could decide. But uh, the pool got thinner as the game wore on. I mean, like you mentioned, Stevens had a great catch and a big moment early on. But then four drops later, good Lord. Yeah. yeah. but yeah, Co- I'll tell you this about Cody Schrader. We've been saying that uh, Nate Pete should be the number one starter. Nate Pete's the guy, and Nate Pete has done well. But there's really no room to complain about the job of running back that Cody Schrader has done this mm-hmm. year. He has he's, no, he's earned that spot. There's uh, he shut my mouth. I'll say that. I mean, if if he's not the you know, I said he should be number two behind Pete, but really it doesn't matter. Like both of those guys can run the football. And if Cody Schrader has got the rock, I trust him. I mean, he's been absolutely solid. I'm happy to give him player of the game. Yeah, I'm, I am am too. He's earned it. And uh, and again, that's another crow eating from us a little bit. I mean, we never said Schrader was oh, bad. No, but I,
3: I not really hated on Schrader as much as I just loved up Pete.
2: I don't know, but we kind of said we, he's a he's a feel good story. But is he really good? You know, and he has been pretty fucking good.
3: No, you're, that's true. We kind of looked at him as like you know uh, another sort of tough heart esque sort of yeah. Uh, player.
2: Yeah, and
3: uh, he's more than a tough heart. You yeah, know, he's more than just a scrappy hustler out there. Blah blah blah. All the code words for.
2: Not very good. Yeah. No, he's got real talent. And Cody Schrader, you've earned your golden fleece for the Kirk Farmer's Hair player of the game. There we have it, Colin. On to Kentucky. I do think Missouri can win this game. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I am nervous about our defense. I am nervous about which version of Brady Cook we're going to see out there. I think that uh, we still have a strong wide receiver core. We still have a good running game. I think that Brady Toughheart can earn his confidence back. In the course of this week, I am hopeful that Missouri can pull out a win. I'm going to say 31-28 Tigers on the road.
3: Yeah, I like that. 38-21. I'm going to say 24-26. to
2: Missouri. Missouri is going to win by two. 26-24. Odd way of saying it, but you're you've got your pick in. <laughs>
3: i'm going funky with it
2: yeah we got our tigers uh as victors in this one i hope it comes to be because like i said this is not the end of our season this loss to lsu by any means and if we do beat kentucky we're still rocking and rolling we may fall right back into the top 25 who knows but uh i'm looking forward to it i have some confidence i still have some trepidation um i've seen some things that have been disconcerting but overall
3: Still a good, still a good season, still yeah. a good season, still an opportunity to be a great season. That's and, right.
2: uh, it starts,
3: it starts next week. And Brendan, before we go, I wanted to, I want to just say thank you to, uh, uh, I was thinking the other day, I was looking at our Patreon and I was like, we have not been doing much on Patreon and we always say we're going to do more and we've been bad about it. And, uh, I appreciate the Patreonos, though. You know what I mean? Like if you're a Patreono, that means you're actually paying for this content, which admittedly is bad.
2: Bad. Very bad. It's disconcerting how bad it is.
3: Yeah, it's disconcerting that people would pay for this. But I wanted to say thank you to everybody that does. This uh, podcast does not generate a great deal of revenue.
2: We're poor and we have small penises.
3: Yeah, so we appreciate anybody who's willing to uh, give us any of their hard-earned money because we don't deserve it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> true, true words have never been spoken
3: and we will and as always we will promise to try and get more stuff up as we go yeah there is good yep. stuff in there and uh you know i uh, i think what is there well there's quite a bit yeah but i think that there's is high quality as yeah. high quality as you're gonna find in any patreon except for ones where chicks show their beavers
2: <laughs> that's right yeah the Mazad guest only fans account has not launched yet but uh, <laughs> pending pending a uh, more powerful razor coming out on the market <laughs> 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 all right no colin i hope we win it on saturday m-i-z D-O-U. i'm just gonna have to get my mom drunk and feel her tits